0: So, I'm not going to preach super long today, but I do feel like and believe that I have something to share with you. So, um, what I'll do is I'll pray and then we'll jump right in. And then we'll close with a little bit of worship and prayer at the end so you guys can respond with our prayer teams. Um, Father, right now, actually, I want you guys to place your hand over your heart, if you would. This is the New Testament's form of land, this inner space. You know, the Old Testament, God drew people to you know, a place of fruit and abundance and honey. In the New Testament, this land is our, our heart that Jesus resides in. It's the place where he wants to live. So help us recognize even now, Jesus, if we're empty. And I want to encourage you as you sit, don't look at how you feel on the outside. Don't look at how people might view you. Only look at the innards of your heart. What's going on in there? What's the true reality of what's happening in your heart right now? Are you afraid all week, wanting to be in solitude all week, wanting to build fences around your life just for a little bit of respite, and your respite's probably in Netflix, and it's just avoidance of life? Are you feeling empty? Are you feeling betrayed? Are you feeling like you just don't know why you can't get it? Are you feeling like, I'm just not recognized, why, why, why? I want you to look inside. What's going on in there? And Jesus, I want you to go, go ahead and go into that place with him. You're invited into that place. But you have to be the ones. I just want to say that to you with your eyes closed. you got to be the one to invite him. You know, He's not going to bullhorn his way into your heart. He's going to, he's going to be patient because that's the work of the Spirit. And he's going to wait to be invited. And when he's invited, he will fill you fuller than it even makes sense. So God, as they pray, begin to fill us full to the full measure of God, as it says in Ephesians chapter 3. By your spirit, strengthen us, as it says in Ephesians chapter 3, that Jesus would reside in there, or live in there, as it says in Ephesians chapter 3. That's what we want. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Real quickly, I want to recap last week. Last week we talked about Ephesians chapter 3 and basically it came down to pointing out Paul was called and that in his calling he was going to suffer and that for you to understand the nature of Christian calling a lot of times means that you'll probably end up suffering but it will be completely worth it and you probably won't even focus too much on it because when you know that you're called or if you're looking back on your life or that that's your life, life's work, you're willing to do things that, you know, you're willing to be elders at a church in the midst of probably the scariest physical part of your life. When you know God's leading you, it, it allows you to do things that people would say you're probably stupid for doing. You should focus more on yourself, right? When you're called to something, there's this super crazy ability to focus on others. And I would say last week, we learned that calling through Christ always has to do with others. It's not, listen, it can't just be about a bigger house it can't just be about more property it can't just be about more money that's going to be awful if that's all it is there's nothing in that i mean of course you can buy stuff that's great land is beautiful but it's got to be about things outside of you and then in that the willingness to suffer the willingness to do things to move to india right and And give your life for the sake of knitting so that people will have a trade. Like when Jesus speaks into you and you know it, whether through a season or words, you're willing to do things that other humans would never do for that. That's a part of calling. Calling can't be about you getting your blessing right now. You know, that's not the truth of what a calling is. It's not about us. And so as we move into this text... I think this text more beautifully paints the picture of my heart for ministry than any passage we've read in Ephesians so far. Because in this text, it's asking us, and Paul is focusing on people beginning to walk in identity, becoming part of a family, and being full in the inside to where the fullness makes you want to be a part of a community, and in that community, the gospel spills out. Right? That's this passage, and I love it for that. Um, Which brings me to a couple questions and a couple points about most of us. I remember when I was starting out in Christianity, one of my biggest fears was transparency. Um, People knowing who I really am was horrifying. Like if somebody could really see who I actually was would have horrified me. I was a part of two or three youth ministries still living like that. Like you keep your distance, people. You know, and honestly, like, with community, I didn't, there, it just wasn't valuable to me. Like, community, sure, pastor talks about it, people talk about make sure you're in church on Sundays. It didn't seem valuable. That's just me being honest with you. It didn't seem like this is really hugely valuable. It took me 10 years, you know, to like finally find a place where I felt like I can open up and share the junk, the real junk. And I think it really coincided with the group of people who I knew could handle the junk right? Sharing your junk with the wrong people is a bad idea. It's a bad idea, right? We want to be transparent community, but that does not mean that you stand up here and tell everything about you, right? That's just, but God wants people around you that hear and know you. He wants people to hear the intricate parts of you, People need to know, like that's why from the beginning here, you need to know that I struggle with performance. And that if, it, if I was left to my own skills, I would build the most massive church in America. I wouldn't be successful at it, but I would try and do that. So you need to know that. So community for me being people being known is not just, that's not the sinful thing for me. It has to be within that confines because I'm going to build, build, build. So Jesus brings it under reins. You need to hear from your pastor that I can't count the amount of people in here. People are like, why? People always ask me, how many people come to your church? I'm like, I don't know. Dude, tell me how many people come to the church. I don't know. Because if I count, I just put myself on a scale. And I'm either going to win it or lose it. And none of those things are good, right? So I won't count. And I used to tell people in the beginning, please don't count. And there was this one person that would always come tell me, this is how many people were here. I'm like, no, you don't know what that's doing to me. You need to know in me that there's this innate, like, American version of Christianity that thinks huge is awesome. And so, when our friends are talking about who has the biggest church, I want to be humble and be like, I've got like four million, you know, like, no big deal. I didn't want it to be that big, but I guess we're kind of a big deal. So, that's secretly <laughs> in my heart. So, I share that with you so that you will know that it's not to me about that. Because I know in Jesus, it's not about that. I know in Jesus, if disciples are not being made as disciples and going, it doesn't even matter. I know that. I know that we can gather a ton of people and we can give them a few lines that will sound great and they will feel good. And that won't really mean anything. I was good at that. So now you need to know I feel like I can be transparent with you. I actually want this to be a transparent place. I want to say things to you that people walk up and say, you should, people have walked up to me and said, you should not share that openly. I feel like I'm doing a good job at that point. Just to be honest, I want you to know that this is the kind of community that can happen in. And in this passage, that's the kind of community they find. That's the kind of community that Jesus died for. I can promise you he was not like, I just envision, you know, John 17 addendum at the end of his prayer. I just also envisioned that they would be so full of gospel preaching through the internet that they would never have to leave their house. And that they could sit on their couches (laughs) and be still and finally be restful. And I also pray that they would build large fences around those houses so that others could not get in and they could not get out and they could be protected. Because I would love for them to have exactly what they want always. That's not the prayer. The prayer are prayers of people falling in love with people that they should not be in love with. The prayer is a prayer of people who are sitting in this room who are so vastly different from you that in any other situation you would be arguing. But somehow under Jesus' lordship, you're residing together. The prayer is not to build more fences, it's to tear them down. That's the book of Ephesians. And I love it so much. There were a few, you know, pathways to community for me. Pathways to this heart of ministry that I want to see here. I would say it was found in some people praying for me. I would say it was found in some people being probably too transparent. I would say it's found when a pastor can, this is just me speaking, can speak to people and not feel like I have to guard everything I say because shocking news to you all, I'm you. We're all human, right? We're all human. And so we all have to be that for each other. But I I feel like over the past season, God's really thrown me a bone and said, if this is the kind of community you want, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, you have to model that. You have to say things that some people might leave your church for. Okay, all right, I'm willing to do that, I'm willing to do that. So, question for you guys. In the book of Ephesians so far, who do you feel like you've related to the best? And here's your options. you got Paul, who's had a radical experience and knows what he's doing with his life and he's going after it. Um, super intense spiritual encounter overwhelmed him he could not see for three days and he is now burdened with a message to take to the Gentiles the hated people that they would rather see dead than alive he's now the one that gets to share with his people we're including them get over it all right we're going to do this do you do you kind of do you feel like you that resonates with you Do you have the group of people receiving this new message This group of people is hearing a message for the first time. It's probably super satisfying. They're now not second class. They're just left and right hearing new things. They're like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Or do you feel like you're like the Jewish community here where there's people being added that probably should not be being added? Why are they allowed here? Who do you feel like your brotherhood in this text is? Who do you feel like, you know, we had the painting up a while back. Who do you feel like you relate to here? I don't know who, I, if it, who it is for me. That's just me being honest with you. But I'm going to read you Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 18 real quick. And they're going to pull it up on our screens. Thanks, Scott, for hanging these two side screens, by the way. that's say That one's for y'all. And that one's for y'all. So just for y'all. Not that you're better than us, but you have your own screen. So... <laughs> And you can give it up to um, the Tompkins for getting those donated. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, so we're going to read you Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 18, and you can pull this up. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ, like the redundancy of that, like you've all heard, who's heard that passage before? Raise your hand. We've all heard that. So I just wanna share for a moment on for this reason. When it says something like for this reason, you need to look at what that reason is. He's saying this, because I'm in chains and because God has told me to do this, you don't need to worry about me. This community is worried about him, the Ephesians or that group is saying, if this is really a prophet from God, then why is he in prison? If this is really a prophet from God, why is he not out of prison? If this is really someone sent to us, would, would it not be different? And he's saying to them, for this reason, because I'm in prison and because God has called me, you don't need to worry for me. And in fact, I'm going to now bow and I'm going to pray. And it uses a language of laying on the floor, which means to prostrate oneself in agony. Like the, the words here for prayer here is him laying in the floor now for this group of people, the things he's about to pray, and agonizingly praying for them. Another part of call. Another part of call. Agonizing for someone who has no ability to save themselves agonizing and putting yourself in a place like sometimes when you are living for the Lord there's nothing that you can do except for pray you've written letters like Paul you've written two and a half amazing chapters you've called people he didn't do that you've done that you've argued about why your cousin's still struggling in that sometimes the only thing and the most frustrating place to be is to have a group of people you love on the other end, and you wanting them to receive everything that Jesus has and having no ability to do it within your physical means. And in that case, the only thing that you can do, and it is your job, if it is your burden, is pray for those people. The only thing you can do. And it's not my burden. Again, back to compassion. What do you feel compassion for in your heart? God has given you compassion, I believe, as a lead in your calling. Again, every time in the Gospels, when a healing happens, compassion preceded it and they had compassion, and in that compassion through a group of people, someone was healed. Who in your life is burdening your heart with compassion right now? Who is so far outside of the fence that walls have been built, and it'd just be easy to leave them over there? Who is God burdening? Sometimes you're the only one that can pray for them. Sometimes it has to be you, and sometimes even when you're in prison on your own, Even when you're chained to something, He still is needing you to do it. And somehow through that, you won't feel burdened about your own situation. It's good stuff right there, guys. So who jumps out to you right now? Who is the person, you know, thank you, Jesus, that somebody did that for me and you? Holy cow. And this is is not theologically in the Bible. I'm just going to say it. I believe that every person hearing a message even right now, someone prayed for you. I believe I believe prayer is that important. I believe that actually when prayer happens, things change that wouldn't have. It's historically what happened to Moses. And I believe that someone, I believe just that you're hearing the gospel is the fruit of someone's prayer. I believe if you're walking in the gospel, I believe if you know your identity, I believe you might have had three or four people, like a grandmother, like a grandfather, maybe a crazy uncle, maybe a pastor. I believe someone prayed you even into hearing the gospel. And I believe that there's a season in your life where it probably looked impossible. And look where you are. Look at where you are. For those of you who know, the rest of your life is gonna be his. Look where you are. Who got you here? You got you here? You got you here? Is that what happened? You got yourself here? You just did it on your own, you know? You can, you can handle it all. You didn't get yourself anywhere. Boom. It's not about you. And so, in this situation, Paul shows us that sometimes prayer is the only way to do it and he becomes a conduit. It's like, it's like, like a pinball machine, like a balls. Con- this is a terrible example, but I'm going to keep going with it. And it goes through all the way to something, whatever pinball machines do. But it, a human is like the thing I couldn't explain in the middle there, that this love... Because it says he's praying to his father, who's the father not only of the family of God, but of all people, even the families in heaven. Boom. This love originates from the father and comes through people. It's not your job to create the love. It just comes through you. You don't have to like, that's why we don't have to really keep, you know, I had a, one of the most beautiful messages I've ever heard was by Paul Kahn at our Lee University. I don't know why, but I don't remember a lot of messages. I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't remember a lot of messages. That's horrifying for me. You're never going to remember anything I say, (laughs) but I remember this one because he said, today's message is kiss. And you probably heard this and keep it simple, stupid. Like I'll never forget that. Keep it. You remember that? Keep it simple, stupid. Sometimes it's just about receiving it so fully and giving it that there's not even a lot of mind work. But Paul becomes this conduit which I think is true calling and he's just funneling what God has through to people. It's really disgusting when you're a part of groups of people where we think the funneling stops here and we're only receivers, right? That's a dangerous community to be a part of. If it's all about receiving, right? You can't mourn well, you can't struggle well. There's no need for patience. There's no need for long suffering. There's no need for hope. But sometimes it's supposed to go straight through you, right? Like straight through you. This community of people needed someone that would pray and prostrate themselves. I want to read you two things really quick. The prayers that he prays to the Father are for two things really. One of them is for inner transformation, and the next is for community. And that's what we're going to land on today. So will you pull up, pretty please, 2 Corinthians 4:16? Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And you can pull up the next one, two separate places. And have put on this new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. We were in Jasper on Friday night for my son's birthday, and my son likes to dig. If you gave him one thing and he said, do whatever you want for the rest of your life, he'd grab a shovel and he'd walk out to mud. That's what he would do. So we w- walked down to a creek, and in the digging of the creek, um, about two feet below the surface, I found this like really old bottle, like one of the ones from like like 1990. You know some some of you were alive then. Um, you see what I'm saying, Chris? No, it must. I, I would guesstimate like the 50s or 40s. It was, and it was. I took it inside, and no one wanted to spray it off, so we spread it off and got it clean looking. It was cool, and then I noticed there was like something in it. I was like, oh, crap. So I opened it. It was Agent Orange. Legitimately, like, four people died when I opened it. And I thought to, my, like, I thought to myself, this is, this is really pretty on the outside, but I'm scared to death of what's on the inside. And Noah tried to start opening. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa buddy. No, do, do not open it. Because he would get in there and, like, rub it on his face. Mmm, <laughs> you know, He would totally do that. But what's inside, see, what we, we like to do is we like to polish each other off And we like to focus that you need to be polished. And Jesus doesn't care about that. He doesn't care. He's always going to the core, from his core to our core. And so when he looks at you or even those around us, it's not our job to convince people to look more polished or be better, to be a part of what we have. That's the stupidest thing ever. We would never want that. It's our job to love people so well through rough exteriors that somehow it penetrates to the inner part of a human, and that part becomes whole. And that part becomes child of God. And then the outside, it, it kind of it works on itself. And so here, what it says, though, is for this group of people that Christ would reside permanently. And it's the word used for permanence. That somehow in Christ, we now have access. And this is really the essence of being a New Testament Christian. Christian, is that you have access to your creator all the time. There's never a moment where you can't access him in Christ now. If you are his, he is in you. And it uses language of him actually moving into you. Imagine like a front door, like opening up and like seeing in my heart, my hope daily is Jesus like hanging out in there. Does that work for your mind eye? You know, but he has to kind of, he has to kind of fight through some stuff and he has to be invited. So today for you, before I pray for this, where, where is like the living room of your heart and, and. And is Jesus residing on the couch? And is he bearded? Maybe he's not. (laughs) Where is Jesus in his residency if he owns the space that he wants to live in? Where is he? Because he wants to start in there. So listen, struggler, don't worry so much about your struggles. Worry about the inner part of your heart. Listen, sinner, don't focus on the sin focus on him. If I tell you to stop sinning, you're going to think about sinning. If I tell you to be whole and have faith in Jesus, you'll stop sinning. It doesn't even make sense. Don't look at the ceiling, right? (laughs) What, What do we want to do? Focus on Jesus. That's the whole gospel. Love God and love people. And in that, he then becomes who resides in us. And so inner is more important than outer. Please hear me say that today. We're going to pray for you at the end. The inside of what's happening in your life is more important. Go as slow as it takes so that you don't have to fake the outside. Please do not fake the out- So much so that if it ruffles feathers all over this church, ruffle feathers. As long as what's really important he has access to. Do you hear me saying that? Forgive me if I've pressured you to be cleaner on the outside. Forgive the people in this room that have made you feel like you're not good enough because you might still struggle in something. It's what's matter. On the inside, it's what matters. And I just I hope that you get that today. And so i want to read 18 to 21, and then we're going to pray in a minute. You can pull this up. This passage is so quoted, I don't even need to read it. You know, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant, do dimen- we just change to the message? Let me just move to the message. We, is it possible to pull up the NIV? Not that I don't like the message or the massage, but maybe I'll read this to you through my Bible. I've got it right here. So open your Bibles. All right, so this is verses... I'm going to get there soon. 18? Okay. I'm in Galatians. Do you care if I preach from Galatians for the rest of the... <laughs> I'm like, well, this is going to be strange. The Lord just changed the Bible. (laughs) So good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. May have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able, and this is the doxology, it's beautiful. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you want to know what he is passionate about seeing represented well, it's the church in Jesus Christ. If you want to know, I love in this passage that talks about the scripture that you all heard. It says, with all believers first, so that you don't go home and turn on TBN and feel like you can live there forever. And here is why. The love of Christ is impossible without the other. The love of Christ cannot happen without the other. That's why he leaves Trinity. and co- why, why do we have to do the whole Jesus thing? Why does he even have to create us? Why, why create us? He's got a good thing going, right? Like they're hanging out in all eternity. Evidently always in love, because that's what he is. Experiencing some extreme peace. Why? Because Jesus' love requires another. So in the context of you realizing the surpassing love, that even is surpassing the knowledge you have, it has to play out in community. I have pressured so many of you to be in community. I have asked so many of you get in a group of people that know you because I believe and this is my, I might step on a soapbox here. It's impossible to be Christian without community. It's impossible because the love of Christ has to have other It has to have someone to say, I will serve you, I'm here for you, this is not about me, I will die for you. And so how wide is this love? It's wider than this whole earth and than any person that can come in. How long is it? As long as it takes for someone to know that they are loved. How deep is it? Deeper than any grip that Satan has on any human that seems past the depths of Jesus, it's deeper. It's just enough to swallow it. This love is measured immeasurably in community. And it's saying to us, you cannot look at any human and say, that person cannot have my love. How wide, how deep, how long? It's deeper than even your knowledge. Because your knowledge will say, this is probably what they deserve. You know, let's, let's calm down. They're crazy people. How wide, how deep? It's immeasurable. He's attempting to measure the unmeasurable, and he's saying that we can be full of that. It doesn't even make sense. And it has to be in community. Please look at me. It has to be in community because when we have it full in us, and that's not talking to a singular human to be full of God. It's saying the community full of God. When this is full, it begins to spill over. And so we don't invite people into a divorce in the church. Like, and I'm not saying specifically for marriage relationships, I'm saying divisions in the midst of this. What are we inviting people into? If all people hear us talk about is this church down the way that did all this stupid stuff, how confusing is that? We're the body of Christ. And so brother to brother, sister to sister, don't do it alone. Offer grace immeasurably to the people around you. If there's anyone in this body or anybody that has ever hurt you. And they deserve to be punished. I'm gonna challenge you today to let them off the hook once and for all. Because the climax of this passage is to be so full of God that the love of God spills out into the community around us. To be so full that we become the conduit and that they walk in and see truthfully that that's happening in us. So worship, if you could come up, please. I wanna give you guys three things to actually pray about. The first thing is, some of you just need to be honest with Jesus and and tell him that you need to be full. You've been really consistently looking at the outer appearance of your life, and you just need time with Jesus and his body to pour into you. You're not full. You don't know how to be full. You're empty. You feel like you can't get through another week. Let him be the one that fills you today to the fullest, and let him be the one that dwells in you to strengthen you, the opposite of the word um, discouraged. That's the first prayer, you just need to be filled full. The second one is, God has called some of you to something or some people, or there are people in your lives that seem beyond the gates of his love, and he's saying, do not stop right now. Do not stop. For this reason, he has called you to their life, so that you can continue to pray for them. And someone will know Jesus because of it. Someone, because you will, step in the gap and say, this person, and think about those people. Think about the people around us that don't care about church already, don't want to be a part of a community that are in your life. We don't even share the gospel in them. We kind of know, right? Like, it's probably not going to happen. Those are the people here God's trying to get us to reach, and sometimes it's only going to happen through prayer, and then all of a sudden, something's going to click, and then the last thing is I want you guys to give yourself like a self-litmus test. How are you with community? I don't even know if that made sense. How are you with community right now? I want to challenge you. Maybe my strongest challenge those of you who are in this room and you feel any of those broken places or emptiness and you're not a part of a group or a life group, it's time, it's time. The Sunday Christianity thing is not the answer forever. It's time to know people well and be known. It's time that when you struggle, people know it and can carry it with you. I loved going to Luke and Kelly Woods thing yesterday and being at their, their Halloween party and their whole life group was represented. He invited a ton of people, because that's just Luke, if you know Luke, like 400 people probably, do you know who was there? Everybody in his life group. Awesome testament to what relationships start to do. You need to be a part of a life group. I'm just, I can't, I can't, and you need to be part of something consistent, right? Don't just travel around to different places getting all the dessert. Like, everything's good. Like, woo, I got a lollipop over here. I got an ice cream sandwich over here. You need to get some suffering over here. You need to know how to walk through junk like I'm just screaming at myself right now, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> you need the stuff that you need Jesus for. Amen? Get into community. If it's not this church, find something that's more than just listening to a guy preach. And I'll say this. If you're choosing one or the other, I don't think you should because I love it when you're here, and I want this. Choose your life group. Choose that. But please come here because I love it when you do come. <laughs> it's my favorite thing when you come. If you'd stand to your feet. With me? Prayer teams um, now have lanyards, which means they have been trained in the art of putting on a lanyard. (laughs) If you guys would get in place. I just want you guys, I mean, it's almost 12, I know it's late. I really want you guys to respond to the Lord today, give Him space to speak to you in the midst of community. And Father, as we close today, we do ask that you would do immeasurably more than we can even fathom. That we would be so full in here that this love spills over. Brother and sister needs to apologize to someone. Brother and sister needs to let someone off hook. Empty person needs to drink deep the draughts of God and take you in to the deep places So today Lord, help us to just fall in love with you. For the next few moments if you need prayer about anything, any of these topics or anything in your life, please don't leave without letting someone partner with you in prayer. Amen Thank you again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.